You are listening to the Awaken Natchitoches podcast. Awaken Church is a diverse community of authentic love and hope where you can belong, believe, and be renewed along the way. You know that tingly little feeling you get when you like someone, like, like you know, for the very first time you you meet somebody and you just, you have that, you know, that vibe? That's common sense, leaving the body. <laughs> We're created for relationships, but relationships can be tough, can't they? Uh, whether romantic relationships or platonic relationships, what what makes relationships difficult? What is it that makes relationships so hard? I mean, you think about it. I, it could be just simply because it's part of the human equation. We're all human. We have emotions, and we bring our own emotions, our own backgrounds, our own unique experience into relationships, whether it's a friendship or romantic relationship. And those things often can clash. And uh, we have we have difficulties in, in our relationships. So we're in a series we're calling Scars, and we're looking at the various ways we get wounded in life and how those those wounds often leave scars. Now, our goal is to find some hope even as we carry these scars. And real talk, a lot of us carry scars from relationships. I certainly do. Perhaps you can relate. So let's look at uh, our scripture today, which is in John chapter 4. And it's a story where Jesus had been, Jesus had been in Jerusalem in the country of Judea. He's doing he's doing Jesus stuff, okay. And now he's heading home to Galilee, and uh, that's where Nazareth, where Jesus lived. He lived in this area called the Gal the Galilee, and um, this is the this is part of the story of uh, the trip on, on the way back home. <laughs> here's what happens Jesus, with Jesus. Uh, John chapter four, beginning of verse three. So Jesus left Judea and returned to Galilee. He had to go through Samaria on the way. Eventually, he came to a Samaritan village of Sychar, near, near the field that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and, J- and Jesus, tired from the long walk, sat wearily beside the well at noontime. Soon, a Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Please give me a drink. He was alone at the time because his disciples had gone into the village to buy some food. The woman was surprised, for Jews refused to have anything to do with Samaritans. She said to Jesus, You are a Jew, and I'm a Samaritan woman. Why are you asking me for a drink? Jesus replied, If you only knew the gift God has for you and who you're speaking to, you would ask me, and I would give you living water. But, sir, you don't have a rope or a bucket, she said, and this well is very deep. Where would you get this living water? And besides, do you think you're greater than our ancestor Jacob who gave us this well? How can you offer better water than he and his sons and his animals enjoyed? And Jesus replied, anyone who drinks this water will soon become thirsty again. But those who drink the water I give will never be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. Please, sir, the woman said, give me this water. Then I will never be thirsty again and I won't have to come here to get water. Go and get your husband, Jesus told her. I don't have a husband, the woman replied. And Jesus said, you're right, you don't have a husband, for you have had five husbands, and you aren't even married to the man you're living with now. You certainly spoke the truth. Sir, this woman said, you must be a prophet, so tell me, why is it that you Jews insist that Jerusalem is the only place to worship, while we Samaritans claim it is here at Mount Gerizim, where our ancestors worshipped? Jesus replied, believe me, dear woman, the time is coming when it is no longer... 
uh, it will no longer matter whether you worship the Father on this mountain or in Jerusalem. You Samaritans know very little about the one you worship, while we Jews know all about him, for salvation comes through the Jews. But the time is coming, indeed is, is here now, when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. The Father is looking for those who will worship him that way. For, for God is spirit. So those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. And the woman said, I know the Messiah is coming, the one who is called Christ. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. And then Jesus told her, I am the Messiah. So that's where we'll pause in in, uh, the story and, and kind of dig in a little bit deeper about how we have scars from relationships with this big idea. Even though relationships can leave us wounded, the scars remind us that we're created to love and be loved. That's, that's what we need to let the scars do from our relationships. Even though relationships can leave us wounded, the scars remind us that we're created to love and to be loved. So let's start talking, think about relationships and how relationships often leave us wounded and scarred. I can go all the way back to sixth grade. And I have a son who's in sixth grade, and uh, and and so uh, but it's but this is almost like yesterday. There was a, a a girl in the class named Terry, and I had a crush on Terry, and and we flirted and did what you do in sixth grade, and I wanted her to go with me, which is what we called you know being a being boyfriend and girlfriend, I guess. And uh, it was Valentine's Day, and I gave you know, and and this. I don't know, things are a little bit different now, but back then you gave a Valentine's card with the name of everybody in the class. And then usually there's these little cheapy, cheesy uh, Valentines that you give out. So everybody in the class would get one from you and you would have their name on it. When hers, I had a little bit special, a special Valentine, and I wrote in there, I didn't just write Happy Valentine's Day. I wrote, will you go with me? Will you go with me? I mean, it was kind of obvious I already liked her. I didn't have to say, I like you. Do you like me? Check yes or no. I mean, we, that was at this point where I obviously liked this girl. And I said, will you go with me? And when she opened up, everybody's looking at their Valentines and stuff. And she looks around, she looks at me and shakes her head. No, <laughs> that hurt. And you would think sixth grade crush wouldn't leave a mark, but it obviously did. I still remember it. Through the years, I've had wounds from a lot of relationships and for, from a broken heart to being stabbed in the back by a friend. The question you have to ask is, do my scars just remind me of my pain or do they remind me to be better? The Samaritan woman Jesus meets at the water well, she carries scars from the wounds of her relationships that have left on her life. Traditionally, it's accepted that that she was at the well to get water at an odd time of day, okay? The middle of the day. Water's drawn in the morning when the women of town would gather at the well and have, you know, the conversations and get the water for the day and go back go back home. Many believe that the reason this woman came at noon was because of her reputation. We find out in her conversation with Jesus that she's had five husbands and she's shacking up with some dude who wasn't even one of those five. Now, while in our culture, many would say, oh, well, it's her life and her lifestyle choice. And, you know, in, in, in this time and culture of the story, how she was living was considered shameful. We need to understand that. And so how others see us can affect how we see ourselves. How others see us can affect how we see ourselves. Then when Jesus asks her for a drink, she's taken aback. Once again, culture shock for us, maybe. But then and there, Jews and Samaritans didn't like each other. 
and, and there was a racial issue here. And, and there's also uh, add in the fact that that uh, men didn't typically speak to women in public who they weren't related to. And so there's these issues and there there she's a Samaritan woman and he's a Jewish man. And she it says she was surprised for a Jew. The Jews have don't have anything to do with Samaritans. How how others have treated us can affect how we expect others to treat us. We may, we may be able to relate to her scars resulting from how people saw her and, and treated her, but those scars left on her heart from her failed relationships? I mean, she has five ex-husbands, and she's living, she's living with some dude. Now, we don't know the full story. We don't even know her name. But, but you have to imagine that as many failed romantic relationships, they, they've left some pretty big scars. Every broken heart leaves a scar, and every broken heart can make us not trust anyone with our hearts. It's hard asking someone with a broken heart to fall in love again. Relationships often leave us wounded and scarred, but Jesus offers healing for our brokenness. We need to, please hear this, know this. Jesus offers healing for our brokenness. I had a friend named Paul. He was a close friend in a church I pastored uh, several years ago. And um, Paul decided uh, that to make he was a new Christian. He'd only been a Christian a short while, and he was, came to came to understand Jesus and 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 fall in love with Christ and began a relationship with Jesus in a, in a different church. And you know, and uh, he came to our church and decided that he would kind of get plugged in and serve. And he was a great friend. He was a great. He was a servant. Um, he 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 helped. He wanted to help others. I mean, this guy was he was legit, right? But he decided somewhere along the way to just he just wanted to start a new church. He wanted to start his own church, and you know he went and, and went and got an online uh, ordination, which I guess you can do, which is kind of you know kind of ticks me off a little bit. And all the 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 money and time and energy I've spent into getting to that place myself, to having a degree and an ordin license and ordination as a pastor. But I guess you could just go online and get ordained somehow. And uh, and he did this, and he and he decided to start this new church. He had to kind of, I guess, spread some rumor. He and he actually spread some pretty harsh, untrue rumors about myself and some other pastors. And the whole situation left me broken. But but through prayer and forgiveness, and with the passing of some time, Jesus brought healing to my brokenness. Did I still have a scar? Yes, I I, I admit it. I still do. How do you tend to deal with your own brokenness? We see the, the woman at the well dealing with her own brokenness in the best way she knew how. Again, she's at the well to get water at midday because all the proper people get their water in the morning. Midday, it's too hot for proper people, okay? So she's avoiding the sideways glances. She's avoiding the dirty looks. She's avoiding the whispers and the rude comments. Oh, there she is. Bless her heart. <laughs> Avoidance doesn't bring the healing your heart needs. Avoidance leaves you with open wounds. We also see in her past and present relationships a pattern. Make a commitment, something doesn't work out, break the commitment. Make a commitment, something doesn't work out, break the commitment. Self-medication has was already a thing back then, and her drug of choice was physical relationships. Self-medication tends to deepen our wounds. It gives some momentary relief, but we end up with an even deeper hurt. 
Jesus offers something different. He calls it living water. If you only knew the gift God has for you and who you're speaking to, you would ask me and I would give you living water. The, you know, those, those who drink this water in this well will get thirsty again, but those who drink the water I give will never be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. Jesus offers something that will never be found in avoidance, never be found in self-medicating. Jesus offers healing. That's what living water represents, the presence and the power of God. Jesus offers a river of life, a river of peace, a river of hope. Listen to this piece of good news. It's in Psalm 34, 18. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. He rescues those whose spirits are crushed. I'm going to say that again because I don't know who needs to hear this right now. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. He rescues those whose spirits are crushed. That's Psalm 34, 18. Commit that to memory. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. He rescues those whose spirits are crushed. We all have scars from relationships. But if you're dealing with open wounds, if your heart is broken right now, the Lord is close to you. If your spirit is crushed, the Lord is ready to rescue you. Relationships and friendships are work. And they're usually not always easy. But but don't let open wounds keep hurting. Don't give in to avoidance, which may seem to be an easy way out. It's not. And why continue to self-medicate when Jesus offers healing from your brokenness? Now, now the key, the key to healthy relationships is Jesus at the center. The key to healthy relationship is Jesus at the center. In counseling with couples who are planning to get married, I uh, like premarital counseling, I emphasize the importance of keeping Jesus in the center of the relationship. And I've seen it in my parents. I've seen it in my grandparents. In countless people who've been married 60 plus years, they say it takes two, but it really takes three. It takes two people choosing to love each other and care for one another, and both of the two choosing to invite Jesus into the middle of the relationship regularly. As you think about your own relationships, where is Jesus? Is Jesus on the outside looking in? Is Jesus basically your wingman, just like along for the ride? Or is Jesus at the center? When Jesus reveals that he knows all about this woman's brokenness, she tries to deflect the conversation by bringing up the difference in worship styles between Jews and Samaritans. And we do the same thing sometimes. Sometimes, instead of dealing with our brokenness, we just change the subject. But Jesus goes with it and uses the attempt to change the subject to reveal who he is. The time is coming, indeed is now here, when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For God is spirit. So those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. And when the woman replies, well, the Messiah is coming and will explain everything to us, Jesus doesn't just nod and say, you're, oh, you're right, he's coming. Jesus told her, I am the Messiah. Jesus essentially tells the woman at the well that he is what's missing at the center of her life. Here's why Jesus at the center of your life is the key to a healthy relationship. First of all, you can learn to trust again. When Jesus is at the center of your life, Jesus at the center of your relationships, you can learn to trust again. Broken trust is difficult to get back. And to be honest, once trust is broken, it has to be earned back. And yet, sometimes sometimes it, it can feel like there's nothing they could do ever to make you trust them again. This is where Jesus meets you in your trust issues. As you go to trust him, he heals you to trust again. Jesus at the center 
is key because forgiveness gives strength to forgive. Forgiveness gives strength to forgive. You've heard hurt people hurt people. Well, forgiven people forgive people. This is where forgiveness and trust are different. Once trust is broken, it has to be earned back. But forgiveness is a gift, and Jesus has forgiven you of all your sin, of all your of all the ways that you've that you've you've broken relationship with God, and he provides strength to forgive others. Forgiveness gives you strength to forgive. And Jesus at the center is key to healthy relationships because, well, just basically in a word, communication. When you're both talking about a relationship, when you're both talking to Jesus about it, you can talk to each other about it. Jesus at the center means you're talking to Jesus in prayer separately and together. My dear friend who's who's passed on now a number of years ago, James Briggs, once told me, it's impossible to hold a grudge against someone I'm praying for. That stuck with me. That will stick with me. He said, we were talking about, you know, uh, holding grudges and being upset about some things. And he, and he said, you know what I've learned? I've learned it's impossible for me to hold a grudge against someone I'm praying for. And Jesus tells us to pray for our enemies. I think this includes those who've broken our heart. The story of the woman of the well goes on. She goes back to the village. She tells everybody about Jesus. And then many people that are there, they believed in Jesus. And we fast forward to from John chapter 4 over to verse 40. And it says, when they came out to see Jesus, they begged him to stay in their village. They begged him to stay in the center. So he, so he stayed for two more days. And then, then he said to the woman, they, they said to the woman, all the people of the village, now we believe, not just because of what you told us, but because we have Heard him ourselves. Now we know that he is indeed the Savior of the world. They begged Jesus to be at the center, the center of their town, the center of their relationships, the center of their lives. And to this woman with with so many scars and relationships, you know what they said? Finally, we see you. We believe you. Even though relationships can leave us wounded, the scars remind us that we are created to love and to be loved. So as a next step, work with these questions. Maybe you have to wrestle with them a little bit, or maybe the answers just come easy for you here. But here's the next step. Wrestle with these questions. Work through them. Do you have relationships that need healing? How's your relationship with God? How is your relationship with yourself? How is your relationship with others? Do you have a relationship that needs healing? And come to the healer. Father, we thank you that you are the healer. You are the one who meets us in our pain and in our wounds. And Lord, your desire is to, to bring healing to the wounds that we have. These, these wounds that are caused by relationships, Lord, some of them are open right now. Some of us are, are having some of us have open wounds, and they've been some have been open for, for years. And Lord, we know that, that a scar will remain. But Lord, may the scars remind us of who you are, that you are the God who brought us through this pain. You're the God who heals the wounds. You are the God who is with us and will never cause the wounds. May the scars remind us of your love and your healing in our lives. So Lord, in our, in, in, in our brokenness, in, our, in, in the broken relationships, whether it's a friendship or a marriage or a home or a relationship with a, with a parent or family member, Lord, today, would you provide the healing that we need? 
The relationship may or may not be repaired. But Lord, our hearts and our minds and our very souls need to be repaired. And so we're asking you to bring healing to us and let the scars of our relationships remind us that you are the God who heals. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the Awaken Natchitoches podcast. It's our hope that you've been encouraged by today's message. Find out more about Awaken Church at awakenla.church or find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Awaken Church LA.